It's so good to be here with you today, man. We have a lot of exciting things going on here at the river right now. Like, by the way, Andy, I don't know if you noticed this. When he was walking off the stage, Andy slapped my arm and I was drinking my coffee. So I got, so hopefully he'll dry, but thanks, Andy. Um, but we have a lot of exciting things going on today. Today is our community group launch. There we go. That's what I'm talking about. So we're launching uh, community groups, and that'll be right after service. We're going to have tables set up with all the different groups, and they're going to share a little bit. If you missed last week, they're going to share a little bit today about what their groups are. Um, so hopefully you can get involved. And, um, and just so you know, you can go to as many groups as you want. So if you're like, I like that one, that one, and that one. The only thing, we're kind of a conservative church, so we ask that the men don't go to the women's group and the women don't go to the men's group. But other than that, it's pretty fair game. So... Um, but so we have community groups launching today, and then also today we have week two of Deeper class, which we had a great group in Deeper last week. We have week two in Deeper, and don't worry if you're taking Deeper and you say, "But I want to join a group." We're gonna we're gonna have about a ten minute window before we start Deeper class for you to to go join a group, sign up. So you can do that. And uh, if you missed week one, you can come to week two. It's all right. We, it's okay. So come to week two, and then last on my announcements list is this Friday we finally get to start our renovation of the Teacher's Lounge at Whitley Road Elementary. Y'all give it up for that. So we are excited. Katie and I went to Ikea Friday and got a whole bunch of stuff. And did you guys know that Ikea, sometimes they trick you. Did y'all know that? <laughs> like, so we go to Ikea and we get, we get a whole bunch of stuff. And one of the things we picked up was a couch. And so we come back with the couch. And I'm excited. I'm like, let's open this thing up. Let's look at it. I open up the couch and there's like cushions, but it's just a foam. There's like the, 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 like the back of the couch, the bottom, but it's, there's, there's no cover or legs or apparently there's another box I was supposed to pick up. So, so they're going to love, it's a retro throwback couch that we're going to give them. Um, I'm just kidding. I'll be headed back to Frisco this week. But so I'm, we're so excited about getting to start this renovation and want to let you guys know that if you, you guys have already been such a great part of that, but if you want to be even more hands-on, we're starting Friday, this Friday at two o'clock, we're going to start. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday afternoon, Monday, we're going to be working on it. And then Tuesday after school, we're going to throw a little party for the teachers and do like a little reveal party for them, right? So um, you guys feel free to come be a part of that. And if you say, Mike, I, we want to be more hands-on, what you can do is on your communication card, you can say, hey, we want to help with the renovation. So we're going to have painting. We have like a, they have like, they call it the Chip and Joanna teams. So we have like the Chip team, which is like paint, all that fun stuff. And the Joanna is like the staging team, something like, you know. And so that'll be Monday, but all the rest will be Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We'll be painting a whole bunch of stuff. So if you want to be a part of that in your communication card, just write your name and information down. I want to help and maybe even what days you can help throw that in the uh, in the offering basket when it comes by. So, like I said, we have we have a lot going on today, um, and the Cowboys play at twelve, so it's just a full day. But, anyways, so we are continuing our "Don't Waste Your Life" series. If you remember, week one we talked about "Don't Waste Your Life." You have something to give. And so that was, God has put dreams in you, God has put passions in you, God has put abilities in you, and regardless of what you think about yourself, like you might be thinking, Mike, I got nothing, regardless of what you think about yourself, God has put stuff in you that not only has he put gifts in you to use, but he's put gifts in you that other people around you need you to use, right? You're a gift to the people around you. And so uh, we talked about basically figuring out what is that, what has God put in me, and connecting our passions with opportunities around us to be world changers in our own world. Last week, we took a hard left turn, and we talked about bitterness. Don't waste your life 
being bitter. And we talk about how bitterness at the end of the day only hurts you, right? It's like drinking poison and hoping to kill the other person. It only hurts the other person. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense, does it? Right? And so we talk about, hey, we want you to find healing from bitterness. And the way that we find healing from bitterness is, first and foremost, invite God into the process, into the healing process. Secondly, seek wise counsel, people who will tell you the truth. Uh, Consider, do we need to have a conversation with the person who has harmed me or hurt me? It's not always wise to have a conversation, but sometimes it's necessary. And then finally, the hardest part, but the most healing part, forgive, forgive, forgive a thousand times over forgive because at the end of the day forgiveness is where we find healing forgiveness is when we're most like our savior and in forgiveness we change the narrative of the story don't we in forgiveness we change it from i'm a victim who was hurt to i'm a victor who has risen above and god has helped me to find forgiveness and healing right so we change the narrative when we forgive right we shift the power in a sense so That's where we've been. I hope it's been a good series for you so far. And today, I'm going to do something a little bit different. I'm going to start out by trying to sell you a product. Are you a little nervous, aren't you? All right. So I have something to sell you that I want you to, I want, I want you to consider. Do I want this product? Is this something that would be beneficial to me? And so I'm just going to give you my pitch. I'm going to do like my made-for-TV pitch uh, for this thing that could absolutely revolutionize and change your life. And you're thinking, he's going to say Jesus because we're in church. I'm not. Although that is, that is the truth. That was the one that will revolutionize, revolutionize your life. But here we go. Home Shopping Network. So this, this incredible product um, can revolutionize, can change your life. But before we get into it. Before I tell you what it is, I, I want to tell you some of the side effects just so you can know going in. All right. So just because so, I don't want you to come back and be like, Mike, I didn't know that this was going to happen when I when I got this product. All right. So here's some of the side effects. Um, difficulty swallowing. It's not a big one. Uh, dizziness. Come on. Who doesn't get dizzy occasionally? It's not that big of a deal. Uh, dry mouth, fast heartbeat, uh, fatigue, headaches, inability to concentrate. Not a big deal. Irritability, muscle aches, muscle tension, nausea, uh, nervous energy, rapid breathing, shortness of breath, sweating, trembling, and the occasional twitching, right? Occasional twitching. Anybody interested so far? Can I get it? Come on, you don't even know what the product is yet. It's just that these are just some minor side effects. So before you make up your mind, let me tell you about the benefits of this product, all right? Because this is where it gets good. Here's the benefits. If you take this product, you will be constantly stressed. You will be irritable with everyone around you and your loved ones will give up on you because they think that there's no hope, right? Um, But wait, there's more. They might not give up on you because they love you. There's more. It will make you selfish, self-focused, self-centered, and this product will do absolutely nothing to change your present circumstances for the better. Are we excited about this product? Are we getting out the wallet right now for this product? This product is used every single day by millions and possibly billions of people all around the world, so much so that this product might even be ingrained in our human condition. This product, which I know you guys are on the edge of your seats thinking, I have got to get this product. This product is worry. The side effects are fantastic. The the results will deplete your will to live. (laughs) And it will overall just make you a fantastic person to be around. (laughs) What a wonderful product. Worry is something that so many of us deal with every single day. Am I right? 
Come on, you can just embed it. It's, we, we worry every single day. It's something that if we don't deal with correctly, will paralyze us, will keep us from making wise decisions, um, will hurt us. It's so much a part of our human experience that the Bible ca- talks about it over and over and over and over, and I could keep going over again. All right? Jesus talks about it. Paul talks about it. Peter talks about it. The psalmist talks about it. Proverbs talks about it. It's all in the Bible, and it's something that is so very real. Like, I could just tell you, don't worry, but it's so very real in our lives, right? Like, that's, it's such a hard thing for us to deal with. And I don't know why, I don't know why it is that we have such a hard time with it or why it's so prevalent in our lives, but I do know that it's very negative in our lives, isn't it? I do know that it hurts. As a matter of fact, Proverbs 12, 25 says this, anxiety in a man's heart weighs it down. So overall, this thing of worry does nothing for you, but hurt you. And so today we're going to talk about don't waste your life worrying. Don't waste your life worrying. Now I know along with worry, there's anxiety, there's fear, there's some things that come along with it. And you know, like stress comes along with worry. And the truth of it though is like worry or stress can be a good thing. Did you know that? Like stress can be a good thing. Like, like stress, healthy stress, healthy worry can make us better at our jobs. Um, can make us uh, like can make us uh, do better, perform our job better. Like if you think of an athlete, his anxiousness before a game, right? Like there's there's like kind of that getting ready, getting in the mode. Like there is some kind of healthy stress. Like whenever I was in college, th- that was how I operated all the time, right? Like that was my natural. That was just my experience. Like college, like I was the guy who turned in the paper at the very last minute. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I remember, I was thinking about this, Colin, you remember this, whenever Colin and I went to college together, we had a, we had a paper that was due for like an apologetics class or something, and it was like 25% of the grade, and literally it was like an 18 or 20 page paper, and we got together and started write, writing it at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, the day before it was due, 8 o'clock in the morning. Literally printed that paper off like 7.55, walked into class, handed it to the teacher, and went back to sleep. In my college experience, I lived off of that kind of anxiety. And you know what the weird thing about it is? I loved it. I know, I'm twisted. Like, I was talking to one of my mentors one day about it, and I was like, why, why am I like this? And he's like, Micah, you enjoy it. He's like, that, it's, that's, you're sick, but you enjoy it. Like, <laughs> right? like it's, it's an adrenaline rush for you. And so there is some things, like, that's why I write all my sermons, like, Saturday night. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I don't do that. Um, <laughs> she's like, are you sure? Because sometimes it feels like it. Just kidding. But so I enjoyed that stress, and in that stress, it helped me in the moment, because if you're like me, I have a hard time focusing, and so in the moment, I'm like, I gotta get this done or I die, it's easy to focus, right, in that moment. So that anxiety, that stress helped me, but for most of us, and even myself, um, we overdo it in the stress department, we overdo it in the worry department, so much so that it begins to run our lives and control our lives, and even can change, kind of like last week when we talked about bitterness, it's something that can change our personality. Right? Worry can change our personality. Um, so today I want to talk about worry. We've talked about, we've seen the negative effects of it. And I believe, like, just statistically speaking, like, I don't even have to know your stories, but to, statistically speaking, I know that there's a lot of people in here who probably are carrying this with them. A lot of people who are probably walking with the burdens of worry and stress and anxiety. And so today what I want us to do is we're just going to take a step back and we're going to look at what the Bible, we're going to look at what God has to say about worrying. And so we're going to actually go over to Philippians chapter 4, um, verses 4 through 9. And uh, 
because we want to know what does God have to say about this? Because at the end of the day, my wisdom is a waste of my time and your time. We want to see what does God have to say. And so we actually walked through the book of Philippians last year, if you remember, and we went through these verses. And I felt like this was so relevant to where we are. So I thought we'd go back and just touch base on them. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to read through these verses, and then we're going to kind of go back and exegete the text. We're going to kind of go back and just walk through um, verse by verse. Starting in verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always, and I will say it again, rejoice. Let your graciousness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Don't worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses every thought, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I love that promise. We're going back to that. We'll guard your heart. Um, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any moral excellent, if there is any praise, dwell on these things. Do what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. There is so much wisdom packed in just those few five verses. Rejoice in the Lord always, and I will say it again, rejoice. Let your graciousness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. And so Paul begins this passage on worry talking about commanding us to rejoice. Does that seem weird to anybody? That seems strange to you. Like, because I, I, as I was reading through this, I thought, you know, a lot of times I bet we just skip past this beginning part not realizing that it's connected to the passage on worry, right? So we kind of go back, we're like, all right, get, yeah, rejoice stuff. Let's get to the, get to the worry stuff. Like, it seems kind of crazy, right? Because you're thinking, I'm worried, I'm stressed, I'm anxious. The last thing I'm thinking about is let's talk about all the great things that are going on in my life. Right, the last thing I'm thinking about is let's, let's rejoice, let's worship. Like, is Paul telling us to be fake? I mean, really, is he saying to you, hey, I know that, there's, that maybe the world's falling around, around you, like the world's falling around, but I want you to rock around and be like, Mike, how you doing? I'm great, I'm dying inside, fantastic. <laughs> right? I mean, you know, that's not what Paul's telling us to do. His command for us is simply this. As we head into a, to a passage about worry, the first thing you need to know is you need to rejoice in the Lord always. Good times, bad times, crazy times, simple times. And what rejoicing the Lord looks like for us is to worship God always. Because regardless of our circumstances, God is always good and he is always kind and he has always given us way more than we deserve and he is always always, always deserves our praise and adoration, right? Always. And so Paul says, before we jump in, remember to worship him no matter what. And this is, and this is actually not just theological, but this is so practical for you and me. Right, because here's what happens when we get in anxiety, when we get in worry mode, we get stuck in that, we get focused, or we get focused on those things. And Paul's telling us, hey, when you get stuck in this anxiety mode, turn your attention to God. Why does he say turn your attention to God? Because worry focuses us on ourselves. Anxiety focuses me on me. Worry focuses me on my circumstances, on my situation, on my problems. And what happens before we realize it is we become self-centered and we're viewing the world through that lens of my worry, my anxiety, my problems. 
And so what Paul is saying to us is in that moment, when you start to get there, turn your eyes off yourself, Mike, and look at me. Focus on me, focus on my goodness, focus on my kindness, focus on my love, focus on my graciousness. Quit seeing this through the lens of yourself. Focus on me. Worship at its heart is a refocusing of our heart, reprioritizing of our, of our heart back to where it should be on God. It's turning our attention back to his goodness. Worry makes us selfish and self-centered. And I'm not saying you're selfish if you worry. I'm just saying this is what can happen, right? I'm not like, you worry. If you're, who's worried in here? You're selfish. I'm not saying that, right? Like, but worry can make us selfish. Worship is a refocusing of our heart and our mind and our attention on God, on his goodness. And so Paul reminds us, hey, right as we get into this, rejoice in the Lord always. Worship him always. And so practically speaking, it's a refocus of our heart. Spiritually speaking, when we rejoice in the Lord, when we worship the Lord, we enter into his presence and we're reminded that he's nearby. And what happens when we enter into the presence of God? What happens when we're reminded that God is near, when we feel him? We, like, when, we get, when we get together in this place and we worship him and we feel his presence, what happens even in that moment? Our anxieties melt away, don't they? Our fear melts away. Like it is a cleansing, healing process for our soul, right? There's sometimes, like just for me, like maybe, maybe you're different, but for me, like there's weeks when I'm like, I cannot wait to get to church. And I know I'm the one that has to preach, right? So it's a little bit more stressful for me, but I'm like, I cannot wait to get to church because I just want to get with a bunch of people and worship God and enter into his presence because I need that this week. Amen? Amen. And so when we worship God, when we enter into that place, and we're reminded he is near. It's a healing thing for us when we're in worry. So worship because he is worthy. Worship because it refocuses our heart. Worship because we experience his healing presence in our worship. Verse 6. Don't worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So this text right here, Paul's actually alluding back to something that Jesus said uh, in Matthew chapter 6. And so I want to go back and I want to read that whole passage because I, I want us to view these verses through that lens, okay? And so I'm going to read it, and it's a really long passage, but I'm just going to list, hey, one, two, three, four, five real quick. So if you take notes, write these things down in your notes because Paul's pointing back to this passage, Matthew chapter 6, 25 through 34. This is why I tell you, this is Jesus speaking, this is why I tell you don't worry about your life what you will eat or what you will drink or about your body, what you will wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the sky. They don't sow or reap or gather in the barns. They don't do anything but fly. Yet That was me, not the Bible. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you, worth, aren't you worth more than they? Can any of you add a single cubit to his height by worrying? And why do you worry about clothes? Look at the wildflowers of the field growing. They don't labor or spin thread, yet you see that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was adorned like these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and thrown in the furnace tomorrow, won't he do much more for you? Oh, you have little faith. So don't worry saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear? For the idolaters eagerly seek all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, 
because tomorrow will worry about itself. And I love this, Jesus just throws in a little sarcasm. Each day has enough trouble of its own, right? Like, we're worrying about that one. You got enough to deal with today, right? And so there's several things that I want us to pull out of this that that I think Paul's alluding back to when he says, hey, don't worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and something, bring your, anyways. Here's what I want us to point to. The first thing is God provides for the birds and the flowers. He will provide for you. He provides for the birds and the flowers. He will provide for you. Secondly, Jesus says, worrying is pointless. What does it do for you? It gives you ulcers, right? Worrying is pointless. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't make you, he said, can you get any taller by worrying? No, like, can it change? No. Worrying is pointless. Thirdly, and probably this is my favorite promise for me as a Christian, I guess, is worrying is a pagan practice. What does that mean? What's a pagan? A pagan is somebody who isn't a, isn't a Christian, doesn't believe in God, essentially, right? What does that mean? Someone who is in that situation worries because they don't believe in God, so at best, the only thing that they have to rely on is themselves. And so if you're like me, and if you looked at me, and you're like, Mike, all, all I have to rely on is myself, I'm going, uh-oh, we're in trouble, Right? And so what he's saying is we don't worry like someone who has no hope because we have a promise. We have a God. We have someone to trust in that is greater than ourselves. And so in every single circumstance, good, bad, crazy, world falling around around you, we have a hope in Christ always. Always. Like, like literally, in the worst possible thing that can happen to us, we have hope, don't we? Like the, I could walk out here, get hit by a bus, and I still have hope, Right? I have a hope in Christ. Even in death, we have hope. So why, not, not that you should never worry, but why, we have a promise. We have God. We hope in all things because we have a Savior who has conquered all things, right? Praise God. So worrying is not for us, right? Next, he says, God knows your needs more than you know your needs. That's an interesting one, and that's a hard one, isn't it? Because we're control freaks, Right? We like to be in control of our own situation. But let me ask you this. Have you ever had a situation in your life where you went, God, can you direct, can, I need this job right now, or I need this to happen right now, or I need, and we're directing God, hey, God, could you help me out here? I need this to happen right here, and then God didn't give it to you? I know you're like, yeah, yeah, right? God didn't give it to you. And then a year later, two years later, 10 years later, you look back and go, oh, wow, right? Thank God you didn't listen to me, Right? Why? Because God knows your needs better than you know your needs. Trust him that he does. Trust him that he's good and that he is working all things together for your good, even if it doesn't look like you want it to look like right now, right? And that's not a promise for prosperity. That's just a promise that he will sustain you and walk through you and take you where it's for your good, right? And then finally, he says, God will provide. Our job is to seek him. Essentially, your job is to trust him and be obedient to what he tells you to do. It's pretty simple, right? So with that in mind, verse 6, don't worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. In all things, big, small, good, bad, through prayer, which is our means of communication to God, through prayer, tell him what you need. Through prayer, lay your burdens on him. And he says, with thanksgiving. Why does he say with thanksgiving? Because sometimes we forget how good he's been to us. As you go to him and, hey, I need this, Lord, I need this, I need this, Always keep in mind, he has always been faithful. He has always been good. He has always been kind. He has blessed me more than I ever deserve. Because not only that, are we going into prayer with thanksgiving when we do that, but we pray with a whole lot more confidence, don't we? Knowing that he has always been faithful, so why won't he be faithful tomorrow too? 
Verse 7, And the peace of God, which surpasses every thought, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And I love this promise. I love this imagery because Jesus is, or Paul's saying there is a peace that God offers that is literally a protection for your soul. Literally think of the guards standing at the gate of your heart saying, uh-uh, get out of here. So if there's this promise of this peace that, that will guard our hearts, guard our soul, why don't we rest in it more often? Why don't we trust it more often? Like I think sometimes we forget, I forget, that our God is the God of peace. And I'm not talking about like, like worldwide peace, although that's probably true too, but I'm talking a peace, a comfort that you can rest in, a hope that you can rest in. Check out these verses. I'm just going to read through them really fast, and if you want them, email me or I can give them to you later. Matthew 11:28. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. What a promise. John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Your heart must not be troubled or fearful. Colossians 3.15, and the peace of the Messiah to which you were also called in one body, or let the peace of the Messiah to which you were also called in one body control your hearts. How beautiful is that? Let the peace of God control you, control your thinking, control your outlook, control your hopes, control your dreams and all things. Let the peace of God be the foundation. I love that. 2 Thessalonians 3.16, may the Lord of peace Ooh, the God of peace. Let the Lord of peace himself give you peace in every way. The Lord be with you all. And then Psalm 55, 22. Cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. He, never, he will never allow the righteous to be broken. Remember that our God is a God who provides peace in all circumstance. The world can be crumbling around you and you can be walking in joy and peace if we'll just walk in it with him. And then finally, Paul says this, verse 8, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any moral excellence and if there is any praise, dwell on these things. You know what these, these verses right here are about? It's one thing. It's about this right here. It's about the head. If you notice that Paul begins this passage on worry on the same thing. Did y'all catch that? He begins, focus your attention on God. Re rejoice in the Lord always. So in worry, turn your focus, turn your attention to God, worshiping, praising God. And then he sandwiches it with focus on whatever is good, focus on whatever is pure, focus on what is lovely. It's all about where we turn our attention to. What you think about, what you dwell on, what you focus on, matters. What you dwell on matters. Like for me, you know, I know we're all different, but for me, I'm, I'm kind of a positive, generally upbeat person. And I'm really sarcastic, but I'm really positive too, right? And so, um, but I can get down like anybody, right? And so if I look, we look at the world around us and you look at the things happening um, with North Korea, you look at the things happening like the, in Puerto Rico, you look at the things happening even like with the NFL, like where I'm trying to go watch football, like there's controversy everywhere and we just want healing, right? Just hope for healing and peace and unity. And if I look at those things and I dwell on those things too long, it begins to affect me and it begins to get me down. Is that true for any of you guys? If that's true about things that are worldwide events, how much more true is that for us in our own lives if the only thing we focus on in our lives are the negative things happening in our lives? Does that make sense? 
Like there's times in my life, and here, here's how God shakes me out of that. I'll go to God and I'll just start praying. I'm like, God, I'm, I'm frustrated about this or I want this to look different. I need this. And I'm praying, praying, praying. And God, does God ever hit you? Does he ever hit you? Because he hits me. And so sometimes he'll just be like, Mike, pop, thank me. Thank me. And so when I'm praying and I'm thinking about all the negative things, I begin to thank him. God, thank you for my wife. God, thank you for my home. God, thank you for like what I get to do for a living. And I begin to list off and praise him and thank him for all these blessings and all these good things that he has given me. At the end of it, I can't help but worship. At the end of it, I can't help but praise him. At the end of it, I can't stay focused on anything but how good and kind he has been to me. And so what I have to say about that is what you focus on, what you turn your attention to matters. And so if you're in that mode, I want you to, I want to challenge you. If you're thinking about negative things, you're dwelling on negative things, turn your attention to the good. And here's what I want to tell you. I want to, I'm going to burst your bubble and I'm sorry. All right. I'm going to take a drink of coffee before I do that. Your life is never going to be perfect. Does that hurt? Or did you already know it? Life is never going to be perfect, but if we spend our lives dwelling on the one or two things that aren't going our way, no matter how big they are, you're going to miss out on all of the thousands of blessings, all of the thousands of good things that God is actively doing in your life right now. So turn your attention to the good. Focus on what is pure. Focus on what is lovely. And in that, worship our God. Our own mind can be our greatest hindrance. So don't waste your life worrying. It's pointless. At the end of the day, it doesn't do you any good. So remember, remove our focus from ourselves. Turn our focus to God. Worship him. Go to him in prayer. And then finally, this is a big one. Beat your mind to submission. If you've got to get violent with your mind, do it. Don't actually hit it. But God has not put in us a spirit of fear. And worry at the end of the day is a tool for the enemy to get you off track to get you off track. Anxiety and worry is real, but I believe that we have someone who provides joy and hope in any and every circumstance. No matter what is going on in our lives, we have someone who provides joy and hope. And I think we should take a lesson from the one who wrote this letter himself. Like if you think about Paul, Paul literally wrote this while he's sitting in a jail cell after getting beaten and abused. I think that maybe we should pay attention to what he has to say about how to have joy in all circumstances, don't you? Like that's somebody I'm like, I'm not sure if you're crazy or not, but I wanna pay attention to how you're doing this, right? Don't waste your life worrying, man. We have been given this incredible gift of life. Don't waste it worrying. Like you can imagine what we could do with all that time if we would just quit wasting it worrying, right? God, I love you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for the gifts of life that you give, give us. I pray that you would help us to be a people who when we enter into that worry mode or we enter in that anxiety, we would just turn our eyes to you and we would find hope, we'd find peace, and we'd find rest in you, God. And if there's anyone in here today who's dealing with that or struggling with worry, Father, I pray and I ask that you would heal them from that, that you would release them from that and that they could just put their trust in you. That that doesn't mean that we ignore the bad or that we ignore the things going on in our lives, Lord, but it means that we have a confidence and the hope of the cross, that we have a confidence and the hope of the Savior, Father. I love you guys. In Christ's name we pray, amen.